0: let's cut the earth in half you can see all of its layers here's the inner core it's about 40 times hotter than the inside of your oven that's the mantle an ocean of hot lava here comes the crust of the earth the solid surface on which our civilization lives but if you look up there are many layers besides the atmosphere and the ozone layer scientists recently discovered a strange bubble here which protects our planet from radiation and nope it's not the earth's magnetic field this bubble is made of radio waves our planet grows like a christmas tree in the radio spectrum but we're interested in low frequency waves the ones that let us keep in touch with submarines so radio waves are like light waves or regular ocean waves look at this one the distance between the two peaks is the wavelength and the number of these waves over a period of time is the frequency for example there are 10 waves in this interval of one second so can you guess the frequency of this wave Yep, it's 10 hertz. Cell phones use waves with a frequency of 300 to 3000 megahertz. So, add six more zeros to that number. But waves of that frequency don't penetrate barriers well. Think of how you lose your cell phone connection when you're driving through a tunnel. That's because there is metal inside. It's a conductive material that weakens the radio waves a lot. Salt water is also a kind of conductor. So, if the submarine is deep enough, the thick layer of water weakens the signal and we lose communication. To maintain it, we send fewer waves but make them longer. In the same amount of time, the frequency of the short waves will be much higher than the frequency of the long waves. That's why they're called very low-frequency waves. But, as it turns out, these waves travel all over the Earth and even into space. This is where things get interesting. The waves collide with particles of radiation from the sun. We think of the sun as a friendly giant giving us light and heat but it actually emits a lot of harmful radiation. Each flare, or the electrical discharge of material on our home star, causes an even greater burst of radiation. These particles fly to our planet, just as radio waves do. They travel 93 million miles from the Sun to Earth in eight minutes and crash into our bubble, which acts as a shield. Basically, radiation particles from the Sun accumulate in the radiation belts around the Earth. Our planet's magnetic field traps them, And a recently discovered bubble of very low-frequency waves lies right below this radiation belt. It helps us repel some of the harmful emissions. Analysis of old studies confirmed that the radiation belts used to be much lower and closer to Earth. But when our civilization began to use radio actively, our waves raised that belt higher. No one expected such an effect from simple radio waves, but it'll give us a way to protect astronauts in the future. When you're on Earth, its magnetic field keeps you safe from radiation. You can physically see it when charged solar wind particles make the air particles at the poles of our planet glow. This is an aurora. Next time you admire this beauty, know that it's actually the Earth, saving you from some extremely harmful rays. But if you're outside the Earth's magnetic field, somewhere in space, I have bad news for you. Nothing protects you there. This is a big problem for astronauts, who spend months on the International Space Station. Perhaps scientists will learn to create protective bubbles of very low-frequency waves around space stations and spacecraft. The same is true for other planets. We're probably going to colonize Mars. There is no magnetic field there, and nothing can protect you from radiation. But if you create an artificial bubble there, you can reduce the harmful radiation. Another invisible bubble protecting us is the atmosphere. It's like a layer cake or an onion. Each level of the atmosphere has its own properties. The lowest layer that we live in is the troposphere. This layer contains 80% of the weight of all the air on the planet. It's also the main place where water vapor lives. And this is where the machine called weather works. The sun sends rays of energy to the Earth. Our planet's surface reflects them and heats the air in the troposphere. This makes it move and change places with the cold air so all the wind cyclones storms and tornadoes only happen in the troposphere up to about 7.5 miles high that's why commercial planes fly at an altitude of around six miles the wind or other bad weather conditions hardly affect this area and the air here is not as dense as it is down on earth flying one mile above sea level is like moving through a biscuit it's hard but at a six mile altitude flying feels like moving through light whipped cream the plane almost feels no resistance so it's a win-win they save fuel and keep the passengers safe a couple of significant downsides are that it's very cold and you can't breathe there it's cold because there are very few air molecules to absorb heat from the ground and transfer it to each other you wouldn't be able to breathe here for the same reason that's why planes are equipped with oxygen masks just in case let's go a little here this is the stratosphere There's even fewer air molecules up here, and that's where the weather probes fly. They're the kind of small balloons with computers people use to predict the weather. This part of the atmosphere also contains the well-known ozone layer. This is our shield against harmful ultraviolet radiation. Ozone is almost the same as oxygen, except it has three atoms in it. When harmful ultraviolet rays enter our atmosphere, they crash into the O3 molecule. The ray breaks the molecule into O2 and another oxygen atom. The ray itself is converted into heat, but the ozone regenerates quickly. A single oxygen atom joins the O2 and the ozone molecule is ready to protect us again. It's the invisible shield that protects us from radiation. It gave birth to all life on Earth. As our civilization developed, we started to emit freon gas into the atmosphere. We used to fill our old refrigerators with it, A single chlorine atom would detach from a freon molecule when in the air and then it would bind a single oxygen atom now the ozone can't regenerate like it used to fortunately we banned the use of such harmful gases and the ozone layer began to regenerate scientists expect it to fully recover in the middle of the 21st century the stratosphere ends at about 31 miles the next layer is the mesosphere the coldest of them all On average, it's about negative 140 degrees Fahrenheit, that's five times colder than your freezer. This is the layer of the atmosphere where incoming meteors start to ignite because of friction in the air. Then, they will eventually burn up completely. The air here is too thin for airplanes or balloons to fly, but it's still too dense for satellites. So, this layer of the atmosphere is not well studied. The next layer extends from 55 miles above sea level to about 500. That's a little more than the distance between Las Vegas and San Francisco. Carmen Line is situated in this layer of the atmosphere. This is the boundary between our planet and space. The thermosphere is where all our spacecraft and satellites fly. It's also home to the International Space Station. The temperature rises extremely. The air here is about 10 times hotter than your oven can produce. It's all due to solar activity. But you would never be able to feel this heat. The air molecules that carry the heat here are so small that you would literally float between them. Imagine a giant pool with only three drops of water. That's the thermosphere. And the highest layer of our atmosphere is the exosphere. This is the widest layer of our air bubble. Scientists believe its boundaries are about halfway to the moon at 120,000 miles this is the point where the pressure of solar radiation begins to exceed the Earth's gravity. It's still part of our atmosphere. This means that astronauts who went on various space missions and have been on the ISS have actually never left the Earth's atmosphere.